Hello, and welcome back to The Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Dayton Olander. As the Great Salt Lake continues to shrink, the consequences of a dry and increasingly exposed lake bed are becoming more pronounced. Water and land use reporter Leah Larson joins managing editor Grant Birmingham to discuss what residents who live along the lake shoreline can start to expect. With us to talk about the dust problem that comes from the drying out of the Great Salt Lake is Leah Larson, Salt Lake Tribune's water reporter. Leah, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So Leah, the Great Salt Lake is drying out. We've talked about it a lot and you've written about it. One of the consequences of that is going to be uh, dust storms coming off of the lake bed or the former lake bed. Are we starting to see those dust storms already? We are. There are some hot spots in different areas of the lake. One in the kind of the extreme north, one over by U.S. Magnesium, one in Farmington Bay, one in Bear River Bay. So we do see plumes come off of those already. But there is this, currently the salt crust that's kind of holding it down. Only about 7% of the exposed lake bed is actually blowing, according to this dust expert um, at the University of Utah. His name is Kevin Perry. So the problem, though, is that the longer the lake bed is exposed, the uh, more like weather erodes the salt crust and the more the plumes grow and the more the sources of the dust grow, if that makes sense. Inhaling dust is never a good thing. Is there anything particularly bad about this dust? Yes, I, I think part of the problem is just that this is a big source of dust that is so close to population centers. So we could look at Owens Lake in California, which uh, was sucked dry by the city of Los Angeles, basically um, piping the water hundreds of miles down to their city to meet their growing needs. And that lake went completely dry. And um, there was a population of about 40,000 people living in Owens Valley who were suffering like nosebleeds, respiratory issues, just like these really bad health effects. The the residents of Los Angeles have had to shell out about $2 billion so far, I, I believe, just remediating this environmental disaster. But if you think about the Great Salt Lake, we've got a population of like a, like a million people alone in Salt Lake County. That doesn't even include Weaver County, Davis County, Utah County that are kind of in the line of, or Tooele County that are in the line of fire for this dust. And that the lake is like, think like eight times larger than that one's lake bed so that kind of gives you an idea of just kind of the looming disaster if we don't do something about this drying lake in terms of our air quality now which you know occasionally is very bad um, how much of that is attributable to lake dust that's a great question so yes we're all very familiar with the gross inversions we get in the winter which is trapping particulate pollution sort of in like this bubble um, makes the sky kind of gross. And then in the summer, we're dealing with ozone pollution, which is not quite as visible, but still pretty bad for your lungs, pretty bad to breathe in. And the, the one time of year where we sort of get some relief is the spring, but the spring is when the dust storms are kicking up because it's, you know, when the wind is blowing, things are starting to dry out as things warm up. Pollution problem coming from just is, is not quite as big as like our inversion or ozone, but like I said, as the lake bed dries out, it will become a growing problem and could be like one of our main main sources of pollution. Leah, you know, you compare us to uh, Owens Lake in California, 40,000 people having health problems, et cetera. We have a booming economy. Is this an existential threat for the Wasatch Front? I think it is. And I think, you know, it has been 
for a number of years. I just, it, you know, I, I guess it took the Great Salt Lake reaching a record low last year to finally grab people's attention. That's not to say that there isn't hope that there aren't things we can do. You know, the legislature passed a deluge of water-related bills this last session. So they are paying attention to it. They are throwing some money at the problem. But the number one thing that we need to solve this existential crisis is water. We need to keep that lake bed wet. That is like the cheapest and best solution to this problem. To read Leah's full report, go to sldrib.com. Next, reporter Tony Semerad talks about the victory historic preservationists secured this week relating to the Utah State Prison, which is being relocated to west of Salt Lake City. Tony Semerad, longtime reporter with the Salt Lake Tribune. Today, the land authority over what's going to replace Utah State Prison down in Draper when they moved the prison up to West Salt Lake City kind of dramatically changed course. They had resisted for a number of months any idea of preserving elements of the of the old prison. There are some members of the board, including Mayor uh, Draper Mayor Troy Walker, who are kind of worried about the negative connotations of the prison's history. Well, as I say, that all changed today after a presentation from historic uh, preservationists and inmates and volunteers. They've, they're going ahead now with preserving what's called the Chapel by the Wayside, which is a small refuge tucked inside of Wasatch cell block. Uh, they're not clear if they're gonna, gonna move it before they save it, but they voted unanimously today to, to preserve that facility uh, along with a unique kind of locking system that's similar to one at Alcatraz that they've used at the prison. So historic preservationists, uh, folks at Preservation Utah are very heartened by this development, thrilled. I think was the the direct quote from their executive director, David Amit. And so it's a a matter now of sort of seeing what keeping the chapel looks like, whether they'll leave it in the place that's sort of centrally located where they're planning a bunch of offices at that site. So we'll, we'll just wait and see what they do. Thanks, Tony. And just in case you missed it, yesterday reporter Blake Apgar published a story detailing a new ordinance the Salt Lake City Council is considering that would restrict protests outside of medical facilities in order to, proponents say, protect patient privacy. The council is expected to vote on the ordinance next week. You can find Blake's story at our website, sltrib.com. And that's it today for The Daily Buzz. I want to give a big shout out to local band The Pelicans for providing our music and to all you listeners for joining us. We'll be back on Monday.